In the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him, Bilbo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoil the Warning podcast. This is review number 339 with a review of The Hobbit. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoil the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are smack dab in the middle of our crazy omnibus super review of uh, six different films. Imitation Game, Wild, The Hobbit, The Interview, Into the Woods, and Unbroken. And, uh, yeah, so we're just going to jump right into it, skip the banner, boom, take a listen to the trailer for The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies, and then come back and give you a review. Thorin, you gave a promise. You brought upon them only ruin and death. won the mountain, is that not enough? Now, we defend it. I came to reclaim something of mine. This was the last move in a master plan. A plan long in the making. These bats are bred for one purpose. For war. Leave Sauron to me. Bilbo is right. You cannot see what you have become. Everything I did, I did for them. You started this. You will forgive me if I finish it. When faced with death, what can anyone do? I will not hide while others fight our battles for us! One question to answer. How shall this day end? All right, that was the trailer for The Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies. Carson, you have three minutes. What did you think? Uh, spoilers, this is uh, my least favorite movie out of all the movies we're going to be talking about today. Um, I think that uh, if I could just do three minutes of Z's, I would. Um, that would be kind of boring. <laughs> just crickets. Go for it. <laughs> uh, not as three boring. Three minutes of Z's. Three minutes of Z's. Um, 
Probably not as boring as this movie, though. Um, I think if you listen to the previous episodes, I was not a fan of the last two Hobbit movies, especially the last one. But uh, this third one in comparison makes the others look uh, just great. But uh, <laughs> especially, I mean, especially the first one. Like, I, you know, all joking aside, like, I... I the first one I didn't completely hate. Like, I wasn't on board with all the new stuff Peter Jackson was doing, but at least it still kind of captured that adventurous spirit of, like, Fellowship of the Ring. And I think the reason that, you know, Unexpected Journey is the best of the three Hobbit films, you know, even though it's not that great, is that it's still... The main focus is on Bilbo. And I think the the focus from Bilbo is completely lost in the second one. It is totally lost in this third one. Because he basically, I mean, he spends half the movie knocked out. He's just laying down well, well, next to d- some rocks. Don't want to inter- insert, but that's the way the book is. He always gets knocked out when the battle starts. That's true, yeah. But I mean, I, I just, I feel like since there's so many characters in the movie, uh, you know, we're just, we've lost focus from like what made the uh, the other Lord of the Rings movies so great. And, uh, you know, that's why I think a lot of people like The Fellowship of the Ring as the best of the three Lord of the Rings, because, you know, it kind of has the most adventurous spirit. I don't know. This was just from people, like, that I've talked to, like, they like that one the most, because the rest are just, like, battles, and they all get split up, whatever. Anyway, The Hobbit (laughs) is just, uh, it's a really boring movie. Like, I, I struggled to get through it. It was, it was definitely a chore, and, uh, I hope Peter Jackson keeps to his promise where he says, after, you know, Hobbit's all done now, he's going to go back and do some really small uh, New Zealand uh, true stories or something that are in, like, the tone and scope of heavenly creatures. So I really hope he does that because I feel like he needs to just kind of reset and go back to just doing a little, you know, smaller things for a while before he goes back to doing big stuff because, uh, I-, I don't know, I just really feel like there's nothing redeeming in this film. It is a slog and it's, uh, yeah, it's not a movie I want to revisit anytime soon. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you need any, do you need the last 15 seconds? 15 seconds? Well, uh, no. Oh, oh, I will say that I went to Mira Mesa Limax to see this in high frame rate because my girlfriend can't distinguish the high frame rate. But we just, basically, we realized, like, it's just her eyesight is bad. I don't think she, she can see it, you know? Because <laughs> right, I, I would... I would point it out and be like, there it is. But the, but I just wanted to say, like, the Mirror Mesa Limax, I'm going over. But, oh, man, the projection was so bad. Like, <laughs> it was so dark. Like, oh, man, it was bad. They need to change their bulb. All right, Steven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, I hate high frame rate mode with a passion. I think yes, I maybe talked terrible. about that before. Like, So the, the there are two redeeming things I can say about this movie before agreeing with Carson that it is easily the worst of the movies we're reviewing today. Um the first redeeming thing is I watched this one in just normal old 2D regular frame rate. Mm. And that already gave it a good leg up from the other movies, which the first one I watched in 3D IMAX high frame rate. Second one I watched in IMAX 3D normal frame rate. And from a visual standpoint, this was the only one that didn't make me like ill or <laughs> just <laughs> nauseous and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, props for me going and seeing it in a normal format again. Um, the second thing I can say is I do think I hated the second movie more than I hated this one. Um, otherwise I completely agree with Carson on everything. I mean, this is just a slog of a movie. It didn't need to be made. It's a very weird movie too. Like it, 
it begins in the middle of action as if you had just watched movie number two a second ago and as if you were already invested without needing any sort of like bringing up of the characters again or reintroducing the plot or what is happening it's just like yeah that's kind of a ballsy move but i I don't think it's a respectable one it's just because like they want this movie to be about the five armies so all the other more interesting stuff they just get it out of the way in the pre-credits scene and pre-credits pre-opening whatever you want to call it um in the cold open anyway that that was really really odd i thought and it just set the pace for the movie to be like distant and uncaring as to whether or not I was invested in it or whether I was following it or or whether I could give two shits about the characters. Um, They basically, they made this movie stretch out one battle because Return of the King and the Two Towers both had big battles. But the battle isn't given any, like, weight and the climax is dull and there's nothing, like, there's a reason that in the book this is not what everyone remembers from The Hobbit, like the five armies. Like people yeah. don't walk away going, oh my God, I loved the five armies story of The Hobbit. Like, <laughs> like no, you you walk away remembering the adventure of Bilbo and the various little things that he did. And probably for most people, Smaug is like the most memorable climax, though I, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Like, of course, the book does continue for a while after that. He didn't, he didn't just completely make this up. Though he might as well have like, as far as the beats go and the pacing of this movie, Peter Jackson just completely phoned it in to make it be a Lord of the Rings remake. But it felt like watching a video game. It was like, you don't care about the characters. The fighting is dull. It doesn't even let you watch it for that long. It like cuts to fighting for a minute and then cuts away into some stupid character moment that nobody cares about. I, yeah. It's yeah. a really flaccid, bad movie. There, It's boring. Boom. Flaccid right at the end. <laughs> All right, so for me, um, if you follow me on Twitter, and let's be honest, you should, uh, I put a little Hobbit theory up on the site, and because I was limited in characters, I didn't get to say what I really wanted to say, which was that uh, the only way you can enjoy the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies is to look at it through this lens. Basically, uh, Oakenshield, Thorn Oakenshield, is actually a metaphor for Steve Jackson himself. Um, The gold under the mountain is actually a metaphor for the licensing of all Tolkien properties to uh, Peter Jackson. And uh, lastly, the dragon sickness is actually the self-delusion that Peter Jackson can do no wrong. And uh, if you look at this film as just a big metaphor for him just going insane and doing whatever the hell he wants because he thinks he's owed to be able to do whatever he wants, then this is actually kind of an enjoyable film. It's a cry Um, for help. You know, basically it is. Uh, but if you take that out, this is like a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Uh, say, you know, for the same reasons all you guys complain about. Uh, like, it, it's, it's funny, though, like, as I kind of jumped in on Car- Carson's time, uh, basically the one thing that they've been missing this entire time that I thought was hilarious in the books was that no matter what happens, like, the, the big thing with Bilbo is that, like, you know, nobody pays attention to him and he can actually help out because nobody pays attention to him. So you can kind of sneak around he goes around being unseen and he kind of like helps a lot of the people. But when the action really starts in every time there's a there's a little skirmish or a big battle, he kind of helps everybody get freed, gets knocked out and then comes to once like the dwarves have actually solved whatever the problem is. Like that's like the big thing that I thought was hilarious in the books. So I've been waiting through all three movies for him to finally get knocked out so they can actually homage that. And then finally it happens in this. But it's like far too late. Like I just don't care anymore. Um, yeah. And I get that in the film, you can't technically do that because the story is being told from Bilbo's point of view. And if he's unconscious, then there's nothing to show. But like, I don't know. It's 
The film is not enjoyable. There are some really stupid things, uh, just visual things that uh, Peter, I'm assuming Peter Jackson, were like, you know, this would be really cool if we did this, and I'll save it for our little five-minute seg- section. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> there were several points in the movie where I just put my hands up <laughs> and were like, what am I watching? <laughs> like, this is so dumb. Watching the, the Don't, don't shoot bra. Peter Jackson. <laughs> don't shoot this yeah no it was it was just silly and you know i'll just i'll end on my 30 second mark just because i don't need it. it's a bad movie <laughs> i just i had two questions one what were the five armies like i think i only came up with like three like i tried to come up with five and i thought i but i felt like i was stretching i think and the two, orcs are double counted yeah that's yeah, what well, i thought there's two too groups but... of orcs two groups of dwarves and then elves yeah, and then we're, they weren't counting, like, the, the mountain worm things, right? Nobody came out the, from Those there. were part of one of the groups. Of, those were just the of things the that drilled holes so that the orcs could come through the mountain. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. The but anyway, the, the other thing that was stupid, and, and I don't remember this because it's been a long time since I've read the book, and so I know, Chris, you're probably more refreshed on it than me, but uh, that one character who was, like, a total dick, and he was supposed to be, like, comic relief, I guess, but he ended up dressed as a woman, um who was that who the hell was that that guy sucked like he wasn't funny he was lame they always cut back to him and i was like was he even in the other movies like i don't remember like ah, he sucked he was not funny. he was like the hand of the guy who led that town that got exploded by smog smog yeah so every but was he in the last movie every every ruler in the peter jackson movies has this little slithery guy that's next to them Right, like like yeah. worm tongue, slithery guy. Yeah, like worm tongue in in the in the others, but uh, no, I just don't remember him. I guess from the last movie, and uh, anytime they cut back to him to try and like do a gag, like oh look how dumb he's being, I don't, it just was really really stupid. Yeah, um, I want to say real fast, just the, the the like the most egregiously stupid thing that was conceived of in this film is early on you know literally at the beginning of the film when there's the big fight between smaug and uh zeus Kadir, um his bow gets snapped in half and he has this big ass arrow that's bigger than his bow and he's like how am i going to shoot this so he shoves both ends of the bow into the side of the structure that he's standing in <laughs> and he puts his freaking son yeah. at the center of the bow and that's and, what sons are for puts the arrow on his shoulder and it's like i get it you need help studying this so you can fire it but the kid is looking right at him like it's one thing to like have the kid duck and like aim it over his shoulder but like i i I don't i don't i'm not a bowsmith i'm not an archer (laughs) i don't know a lot about the mechanical construction of bows and how they work but i'm pretty sure the stringy part of that bow would smack the kid in the face and kill him I would I would think that whatever he did was not was ill advised for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm okay with that part because I think that scene is by far the best part of the movie. So the the parts of the movie that Benedict Cumberbatch are in are like even though it was very weird to, to have no reintroduction to anything, I still think that packs more of a like emotional punch than the battle that follows. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the scene the scene where Smaug lands into the city is like Hello Bowman. I'm gonna eat you now. Like that was badass. I liked it. I know Carson will probably say he looked like a video game dragon and CG dragons yeah. suck, but I thought it looked badass. And that's why I was so angry at the bow part because I was like, no, you just killed your son in the face with a bowstring and freaking like this is dumb as hell. Yes. Anyways. It should have just been all about Stephen Colbert's character from the last movie. <laughs> that's what Battle of Five Armies should have been about. 
should have teamed up with uh, PJ's cameo, eating the carrot, <laughs> and um, then we would have had a movie. Forget all this five armies shit. Like, whatever. Yes. Um, but yeah, any, any other comments? I mean, there's a lot of dumbass stuff, too, with Legolas at the end of this film. Um, oh, stuff, man. stuff that is, like, worse than a video game. Also, running on collapsing rock uh, stones hasn't been yeah, cool since was, the DuckTales. My tales, audience laughed at so. that. <laughs> Wait, has it been cool since what? Since the DuckTales. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, if I could control Legolas, maybe it would be cooler. <laughs> yeah, the one press, press X to climb rocks. Right. The one dissenting voice I'm going to throw in is, despite really not enjoying the bulk of the movie, I do feel like Jackson kind of nailed the landing on the very end. Like there was some, there, there was something reminding me of the original trilogy, which made it nice. And I know that's sort of like his whole purpose in making all of these movies. So unhappy and bored with most of it but there was still the vague remembrance of better movies that i enjoyed at the end i i don't think i can spoil the ending or completely remember the ending <laughs> it was so but i remember you forgot that. it all right well yeah <laughs> i think that we, should we just end it yeah it's yeah. done all right we, we will save our last 30 seconds and just get straight to our verdicts so uh carson you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for until pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Easy must-avoid. Steven? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be inconsistent with the rating system and say pass with the caveat, the caveat being for completism and for enjoyment of the world, which has nothing to do with the quality of this particular movie he made. It's hard to actually say to avoid it. Like It's sort of a, th- a thing that I think many people need to see to get closure on the series yeah and for that and for the series that it's hearkening back to rather than for the quality of itself then i would still watch it again if i hadn't seen it even if everyone told me all of this about it so caveat that might be a failure of the uh of the system that lets a caveat be above must avoid and all that but yeah, uh, for the exact same caveated reason, I'm actually going to bump it up to wait for rental. Um, not because it's worth watching, but because you have to see it because you wasted your time seeing the other two films. And at the, at the very least, you have to figure out how smog gets taken out. <laughs> I mean, I agree that you have to, you know, if you've seen the others, you should at least see this one. But I still think overall, overall quality of the movie. Oh, yeah. Overall to- quality. Totally mu- yeah, totally a- must avoid. When I walked out of the theaters... From the second film, I was like, I kind of want to not watch the third film, but like we weren't going to not watch the third film. So, yeah. Like as a point of comparison, Hunger Games, I literally do not want to watch the last film. <laughs> this you, you this are, series does not have that for me. I mean, I don't either. I know I know, I will, but I don't either. And I that's how I was coming out of uh, the second Hobbit. I was just like, I don't want to watch the next one at all, but I will. <laughs> All right, well, let's go, you know. let's go ahead and close the episode off. Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? SDavidMiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. 
If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash the warning or like us at facebook.com slash the the warning. If you want to send us some sort of communication directly, I don't know why I said it like that, you can send an email to fans at thespoilthewarning.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music will come from the Shire. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. We're going to go run off and uh you know talk about probably the most the most talked about film for this last couple of weeks which is the interview so see you guys there